Hello and welcome, my friends, to the Fantasy Hot Read Podcast, brought to you by FantasyHotRead.com. I'll be your host, Tyler Jinsky. Today is going to be part five of eight of our podcast series going over each division. Today we're going to be covering the AFC South. we got a special guest with us today, Justin Lanero, the jack-of-all-trades from the football diehards. How's it going, Justin? Everything is good. Thank you for having me on tonight. I appreciate it. Happy to have you, sir. So when we're going to be talking about the teams in the AFC South, we'll be looking at half PPR when we're talking about ranks and projections, 12 teams, just so there's no confusion when we're talking about where the ADP is at. So let's kick things off with the Houston Texans. They finished last year at the top of the division, 11-5. and five. When looking at the Houston Texans, Justin, who's your must-have player on that team? Well, I think you know who it is. Uh, we talked about him before the show. It's, it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins, right? I mean, we can be in agreement there. Um, he's going to cost you a first round pick, uh, guy didn't drop a pass last year. It's, I think it's evident that he's probably the best wide receiver in the NFL at this point in time. So you, you kind of know what you're getting with Deandre Hopkins. His numbers have been uh, you know, 115 receptions over 1500 yards, 11 touchdowns. I want me some Deandre Hopkins and I will pay that premium permitting. I, you know, um, I feel like if you have picks one, two, three, four, you're kind of obligated to draft a running back. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is, is the guy that I'm, I'm landing uh, pick five or even pick four sometimes, nine out of ten times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's had over 150 targets in the last four seasons. He's only missed one game over the last four seasons. It's It's been a pretty impressive thing. Are you afraid at all if we get 16 games out of Fuller and 16 games out of Kiki QT that's going to dig into his target share a little bit? I think it will. I mean, when you talk about Will Fuller, I think we the guy's talent, right? I mean, there's no question about it. 11 games with Deshaun Watson, 11 touchdowns. Those numbers speak for themselves. So, yeah. But he has a propensity to get hurt. And it's often it's become a, a frustrating pattern for fantasy owners. But I think you know there's skepticism for him, no doubt. Uh, but the upside is there. Uh, as far as Kiki Kuti goes, that underneath guy, we saw, you know, uh, a little bit of consistency out of him. So, of course, now they're without a tight end, um, as, as far as I can see. They did draft uh, Cahill Waring round three out of San Diego State. Uh, and Jordan Thomas actually is a deep, deep sleeper for me. I, I just feel like it's a team that hasn't found a tight end that they're in love with. Um, you know, Thomas is kind of freakishly athletic. So be interesting. There are a lot of miles to feed. Uh, if everybody's healthy, I, I cannot envision 115 receptions out of DeAndre Hopkins. That being said, I think he's still worth a first-round pick. So let's jump into tight end real quick, get that out of the way before I dive into these other two wide receivers. So a, a tight end, uh, Bill O'Brien hasn't had a tight end on the Texans, finishing it within the top 15 in his whole career. Now, do you think that's more attributed to the tight ends he's had, or maybe he just has an offensive scheme that doesn't really favor the tight end? Where do you kind of fall on that? Yeah, it just hasn't worked out. I mean, they haven't, they've missed, they've missed, there's been injuries. But like I said, this kid, Jordan Thomas, I think, you know, we're cautiously optimistic about drafting a Houston Texans tight end. I think it's a position overall that can be had late. And you just, you're content with the guy that can have 40, 50 receptions, five, 600 yards, six touchdowns. And you're good with that unless you want to pay the Kittle, Kelsey, Ertz premium, which I tend to not do. So yeah, it's pro- it probably has to do with you know running the football. It's uh, again, it, there hasn't been a lot. It's a position overall that has suffered, and I thought there's been times where it was going to be a, a revitalized position has been has not been. So from a fantasy angle, you look at the top three, and then after Ertz, Kelsey, and uh, George Kittle, it's the OJ Howards and the Evan Ingrams of the world. So it's a little bit of misfortune, but I think it's a Houston Texans offense that's going to go and they could easily win that division. So let's dive back into Will Fuller and Kiki QT. I definitely feel like there's a divide as far as who people want this year. We got Will Fuller coming off the board, wide receiver 33, middle of the seventh, Kiki QT, wide receiver 44, beginning of the 10th. Are you going to have more Fuller in the middle of the seventh or QT at the beginning of the 10th? I think it's Kuti because, again, I mean, you look at Will Fuller, played 14 games in 2016, uh, 10 in 2017, seven last year. I mean, it's a guy that's just, it's over and over and over. He's coming off an ACL tear. This is a guy that's had hamstring issues. In that range, in round seven, I mean, it's, you, you kind of want to have a little bit of consistency in somebody that you can rely on. He cannot be dependent on. So um, give me some Kiki Kuti, uh, 
again, I think he can have 50, 60 receptions. There was a clear rapport with Deshaun Watson underneath, uh, as we saw last year. I'm going for the value there for certain. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. I, I you know, I look at Fuller and I see a guy that with, with 11 games with Deshaun Watson, six of those he was a top 10 wide receiver, mm-hmm. which, is inc- which is incredible. But mm-hmm. you know, I just I don't expect I expect some regression there because Will sure. Fuller, while he's great, he's not a top 10 wide receiver. Not by any means. And your touchdowns are unpredictable. So it's one of these things where I mean, it's it's a good number. 11 games, 11 touchdowns. It, you can't be overlooked. But just one of these guys that I think is somewhat snake bitten as far as injuries. Absolutely. And then just uh, a small little part, I was taking a look at some of the targets and there was four games last year when, when Fuller and Kuti intersected. And in those four games, um, Kuti saw a 26% target share and saw more red zone targets than Fuller. So it's completely possible that although Fuller's had a little bit more of the history that Kuti breaks out as that wide receiver too. Absolutely. Let's move up real quick to Deshaun Watson. You got to pay a lot to get this guy. His ADP is in the fifth round. He's come off the board at QB2. Do you envision yourself owning any of Deshaun Watson at that value or that rate? Not really. Not really. And he kind of falls in the same scope as Andrew Luck. I mean, you are paying somewhat of a premium, not a Patrick Mahomes premium. I think that, you know, he, unless this offensive line improves because he hit the decks, he was sacked 65 times last season. That is a lot. It's the most in the NFL. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. Um, there were some cynics in this industry about Deshaun Watson. I think he's a cerebral quarterback. I think we saw that. He was certainly cerebral at Clemson. He picked apart Alabama a couple times. He's got the goods, no question. But it doesn't mean anything if this offensive line can't get their act together. They try to beef it up a little bit. It'd be interesting to see how that shakes out. But 26 touchdowns, nine picks last year. I can get those numbers out of... Philip Rivers, right? I can get Kirk, better numbers. Kirk Cousins. Kirk I Cousins. can get in, who I own a great deal of. Um, so, yeah, and there's probably four or five other quarterbacks that I can get that type of production. So why pay the premium for Watson when it comes to somebody else? I get the allure. You look at – you think of Watson, you think of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so, no. The, the the short version is no. I will have him on a, a best ball team or two, just have a drop of exposure, but I'm not going out of my way to draft Deshaun Watson at his price, no. The last player I want to talk about on the Texans is somebody who's actually getting a lot of, um, you know, a lot of mentions lately. A lot of talk is um, Lamar Miller, especially because they, they waived Foreman. And we're looking at a Houston Texans team that's been, I believe, over the last five seasons, they've been in the top six in rush attempts. So this is a running football team. And now yep. Lamar Miller is the only dog there. How are we handling this? Well, yeah, I mean, I think we know what Lamar Miller is at this point in time, right? He's going to have 220 carries permitting play 16 games. He's going to be somewhat involved in the passing game. He'll have 25 receptions. Really interesting that they cut ties with Foreman. This is a guy we talked at length about. Really optimistic the Texans were about him. Just another guy, injury, 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 bye-bye. So I think that they love Lamar Miller at this point in time. He is 28 years old. I think that's fair to say, uh, but... Uh, obviously, Bill O'Brien likes him at this point in time. Again, the thing about Lamar Miller is you don't pay a lot for him, but you know what you're going to get out of him. And I and I, where I pounce on wide receivers early, I'm perfectly content with a Lamar Miller on my team. I don't think he's going to knock your socks off, but I think he's good enough. And if you want a piece of this Houston Texans offense without paying a premium and you want some stability, I think that Lamar Miller is the answer. So you like that RB30 kind of mid-sixth-round price for Miller? Yeah, and I've got him in the seventh. I mean, it depends on the league, but in, in certain best balls, crazy things happen. I mean, I've got him around seven, and you're going to pounce on him every single time, especially with this Foreman news. I'm with you on that one. Do you think there's any chance they bring somebody in, like a veteran, or they get a trade, or is Miller really going to be the guy going into the season? I think, it, I think it's Lamar Miller. I mean, it's interesting you talk about how it's a, a rushing football team. It would behoove them where there no longer is Alfred Blue in the equation. That When you hear that name, he's been kicked around a little bit uh, on the Texans. It's, it's going to be Lamar Miller. But it, in terms of a position that's volatile, probably going to miss a game or two, like every other running back for the most part, it would behoove them to grab a running back. Who that guy is, I think it's uncertain at this point in time, but they'll definitely bring somebody in. Is there any other Texans you want to touch on before we move along to the Indianapolis Colts? 
Not really. I mentioned Jordan Thomas real quick. I think I'm optimistic to see a, a tight end come out of Houston. Eventually, I think Thomas could be that guy, and you're getting him for free. Um, and again, it's a, if you want a piece of that Texans offense and you don't want to pay much, I think it would be who with every, everybody to have a piece of that Texans offense. I think Thomas um, is a guy to keep a, a lookout on. When you're looking at just last question, we're looking at the Houston Texans offense end of the 2019 season. Is this a top three, a top five, a top 10 offense anywhere in that range? What would you say? I'm, I'm comfortable calling them a top 10 offense right gotcha. now. I mean, I, I, there are other offenses and we'll probably, we're going to talk about them uh, tonight, but they're a top 10 offense comfortably. Sounds good, man. Let's move along to the Colts. They were 10 and six in 2018. Also had a pretty good season. If there's one must have player on this Colts team, you're walking away with this cold on your draft. Who's it going to be? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Marlon Mack. Uh, okay. I, I would love to, I would love to see Marlon Mack get the football 250 times. He missed a couple games last year. He was well on his way to be a top 10 running back. The problem with Marlon Mack, and you are going to pay around three price tag at this point in time, is you have Naheem Hines, who's the Colts version of James White. They they just picked up um was was Deontay they did pick up Deontay Foreman. Um, they did. They did. So it's crowded, it's cloudy there. You look at Spencer Ware, guys like Jordan Wilkins have been kicked around. It's look, this is an offensive line that's absolutely fantastic. Has kept Andrew Luck upright. I'm really optimistic about this Colts offense as a whole. But for me, it's Marlon Mack. I've been optimistic about him for a couple of years now. It's going to be interesting to see him. Maybe, ho- Hopefully he gets a little more involvement in the passing game. But he- he'll have 8 to 10 touchdowns, I can assure you that. Yeah, so I look at Marlon Mack right now, and he's the RB16 coming off in the third round, as you mentioned. But I personally see that RB16 price is pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> like you said, um, when he from week 6 to 16, when he pretty much came back, he was a top 10 running back. But I do have some concerns, like you mentioned, about his you know the involvement in the pass game. He's only getting two targets per game. So for me, it kind of caps his um, his ceiling. Like I, I don't really see Marlon Mack cracking that top eight just because he's only going to catch – maybe 20, 30 balls, you know, during the season. So I'm a little bit scared to take him in that, uh, you know, that third round range just because his lack in the past game, especially if you're playing in a PPR league. All right. A lot of miles to feed on that Colts offense for sure. Absolutely. Let's let's move to Naheem Hines right now. I mean, he's RB58, basically free, coming off the board in the, the thir- end of the 13th, top of the 14th. Would you, is there a world when you're owning any of Hines? Are you looking at him late? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have quite a bit of Naheem Hines uh, in best balls. Probably, I probably have Naheem Hines on at least 10 or 15 teams. Again, I think every team yearns for a James White, and Naheem Hines is that guy. So if, you, if you're if you skeptical about what Marlon Mack can do in the passing game, well, you have Mar- um, Naheem Hines to do that. Uh, 63 receptions last year, 400 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I think he's a guy that can catch 70 passes. Why wouldn't I want him? at that cost. And I, you know, sometimes I'll occupy a, a backfield in a best ball where I have Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. Um, so if there's a, a Naheem Hines week, I'm getting his production. If there's a Marlon Mack week, I'm certainly getting his production, but they're two different players. I think Hines is certainly the James White on this Colts team and his price is, is, is not only affordable, but it's exceptional. Let's shift over to the wide receivers and talk talk about the main wide receiver there, T.Y. Hilton. He's coming off of the board at wide receiver 10, low-end wide receiver 1 price in the, in the third round. Are you going to be owning any Hilton at that price in the beginning of the third wide receiver 10? I think we have to be, and round 3 is a great wide receiver round for certain. Uh, but I think we know what T.Y. Hilton is, and he's a 1,200-yard player. The touchdowns kind of go, you know, he's not really a huge touchdown guy, but I think his production is contingent upon the health and right arm of Andrew Luck. So if Andrew Luck is screwed up and he's already a little dinged up, uh, that could certainly hurt T.Y.L. Like I said, I'm optimistic about this offense, really optimistic. You see the connection that Andrew Luck has with T.Y.L. And I think that there's something to be said for nonverbal communication. I talk about this quite a bit. Uh, Hilton has it, but if you're expecting 90 to 100 receptions out of T.Y. Hilton. I think that you're you're aiming too high. He is a you know he's a small guy. He's a burner and he's a 75, 80 reception uh, wide receiver with 11, 1200 yards and five or six touchdowns. I will have a little bit of T.Y. Hilton, but there are guys like Stephon Diggs, uh, Keenan Allen that I'm uh, a little more uh, eager to have. 
So Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen. I want to do a little bit of would you rather here. Is that all right with you, man? Just uh, yeah. T.Y. Hilton or Mike Evans? I'm going to uh, give me some Mike Evans. It's going to be Mike Evans all day long. On a, in a Bucks team where the negative game script, I think it's just going to be James Winston's going to be forced to throw the ball a ton. Yeah. I think Mike Evans goes under the radar quite a bit. So it's going to be Mike Evans probably eight out of ten times. Uh, Hilton or Amari Cooper? Ooh, baby, that's a good one. Uh, that's a good one. I'm probably going to have to go T.Y. Hilton um, because of what we know what he can do on this Colts offense with Andrew Luck. It'll be interesting to see what Amari Cooper can do with 16 games with Dak Prescott in Dallas. But I am optimistic about Amari Cooper playing 16 games. He's a nightmare as far as matchups go. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the coverage he sees this year. And then, uh, not to get too personal with you as a New England guy, but Julian Edelman or T.Y. Hilton? Oh, man. It's probably going to be T.Y. Hilton. Edelman's already dinged up. He's older. He's beat up. I know Gronk's out of the equation. It's kind of a bleak Patriots offense tonight. They're going to run the football a ton. It's going to be T.Y. Hilton. But I do love me some Jules. I think... Brady and, and Jules have that nonverbal communication that other wide receivers and QBs yearn for. Awesome, man. Let's let's move along to the other wide receivers there. You know, they brought Funchess in as a prove-it deal. I mean, you can get Funchess right now at a wide receiver 53 price at uh, the beginning of the 12th round. Seems pretty cheap. Is there any reason you're going to be owning Funchess, or is he, you, you kind of see him as a, a non-factor this year? Big guy. Red zone target, but they have them, right? You have that in Eric Ebron at this point in time. I think it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out with Paris Campbell, who they drafted round two out of Ohio State. Uh, a lot of miles to feed on this Colts offense tonight, but Devin Funches to me is a kind of a uh, glorified Kelvin Benjamin, if you will. He's somewhat of a stiff, but uh, it, it would behoove Andrew Luck to use him in the red zone because he is that big body. Um, I will have a couple shares of Devin Funches, but I'm not, uh, you know, really optimistic about it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I mean, Funches is coming off the board at wide receiver 53, and Paris Campbell is actually at 54, so they're right next to each other. And, you know, I'm not usually going to take a shot at rookie wide receivers in general, and Funches is just two years removed from a wide receiver 20 finish. While I don't expect him to finish around that range, getting him at the, you know, in the 12th round, you know, he there's a world where he sees 100 targets. Like, Funches, to me, can be a solid wide receiver 4-5 on your team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's about it. Again, my approach the majority of the time is pounding on wide receivers early and often. So by the time a guy like Devin Funches gets on my team, he's probably my wide receiver five, six or seven for gotcha. certain. Gotcha. Um, you, you mentioned Campbell. Is there any other wide receivers you want to bring up on the Colts? Do you think there's going to be any chance we get someone like Deion Kane love or was it Chester Rogers? Or is it really, we're really just looking at these three guys. It's those three tonight, but it's, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Chester Rogers had 53 receptions. Looked, looked pretty good when he played, but it's this is a team that's going to use Eric Ebron. He, Jack Doyle had 80 receptions a couple of years ago. Naheem Hines is going to have 60, 70 receptions. And there's one, one football to go around. A lot of miles to feed on this Colts team. Who's, and they're going to drop a lot of points. Make no mistake about it. But uh, um, not really, I guess, is the short answer. And I, I would agree with you as far as Paris Campbell drafting rookie wide receivers that it's going to tend to struggle. They do, they do love him. They do love him, and there's a lot of talk about Barris Campbell, who they drafted round two. So it'll be interesting to see him develop. Let's move to the tight ends here. We got Ebron coming off at the board at tight end seven, which in some part warranted because he had a huge touchdown surge last year. But then we got Doyle going undrafted. How are you handling this uh, tight end duo on the Indianapolis Colts? Well, I'm probably going to have them both. If, if I draft Eric Ebron, which you pay somewhat of a premium for, I'm going to have to go ahead and grab Jack Doyle as well, just so I'm not – completely aggravated when Jack Doyle turns into Jack Doyle of a couple of years ago. Somewhat of an anomaly. You know, Eric Ebron has stood, I mean, 13 touchdowns out of Eric Ebron is enormous. You can go back to Eric Ebron at college, three years at North Carolina, he had eight touchdowns total. I mean, obviously, he was on the Lions. They reached for him in the draft, did not shake out well there at all. But I think, you know, what Eric Ebron did last year is a testament of how good this Colts offense is. And the offensive line was great, playing with Andrew Luck. So 13 touchdowns, absolutely not. I think Eric Ebron is, is solid for certain. I think you can put him, lock him in as a top 10 t fantasy tight end. But if I'm going to have one, I'm going to have both of them because we know 
um, what Jack Doyle's capable of doing. And what he's capable of doing is 80 receptions a couple of years ago. So you're pretty, are you comfortable with that Ebron um, tight end seven, seventh round price? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I'm not going to put him in front of OJ Howard tonight. I'm, I'm probably not going to put him in front of Evan Ingram. Certainly not. But yeah, he's, he's in that scope for sure. Yeah, I th- this is one of those things I think I, I would disagree with you on. I, we both agree that there is going to be some TD regression, but there was, I think, four games last year when Ebron and Doyle played together, and Doyle was, like, out-snapping him, out-targeting him, running more routes. It almost seemed as if Ebron was taking a backseat in almost every aspect of the game besides the red zone targets. And then tight end seven in the seventh round, I think adding that along with the, tight, the TD regression is a little too rich for my blood. I think there's a chance that he falls in that tight end, 11-12 end of the tight end one range to finish the season. But I just, in the seventh round, I definitely got to look elsewhere. He's not, he's not for me. I mean, you kind of put me on the spot there. He's, he, he's not for me. I'm going to take Austin Hooper over him I'm, I love that. Um, later. In fact, I had in a magazine, I have Austin Hooper ranked fourth. I've been getting hammered on oh. Twitter. Uh, but it's kind of a reach. But, I mean, as I call tight end, it's a sea of mediocrity. So, I think it's up for grabs. I don't think George Kittle's going to have the year he did. And uh, right after Kittle, you're looking at the Hunter Henrys of the world. Um, Evan Ingram is is growing on me. The de facto uh, pass, you know, number one pass catcher outside of Saquon Barkley on that Giants team. So, but it's a it is a sea of mediocrity, for sure. And then the last player to really touch on here in the Colts is going to be Andrew Luck. Uh, you mentioned him a little bit before when we talked about Watson, but Luck again paying a fifth round price, um, third QB off the board. Any reason you're owning this guy? Not at that price tag, but I'll take him if you if you want to give him to me. I'll certainly take Andrew Luck. Um, he bounced 39 touchdowns last year, only 15 picks. He's, he looked pretty good. He slung the ball 639 times. It's it's what we want. But, I mean, I am – when you look at quarterbacks at this point in time in a pass-happy league, it just doesn't make sense to me to pay up for a quarterback if I don't have to or get similar production – a hell of a lot later. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that one. Like, you look at Luck, I think he had 12, top 12 performances last year, and it's just, it's, it's tough for me to pay any any fifth-round price for a quarterback when we can get, you know, the replaceability is just so easy. So we're, we're agreeing on the quarterback aspect here. We're both looking at some late-round guys. Before we move along to the Tennessee Titans, is there any other Colts you want to talk about here? Not really. I think we uh, pretty pretty well-rounded there. Cool. Tennessee Titans are next. They finished last year nine and seven. Is there a must-have player on the Tennessee Titans for you this year? It might be Corey Davis. Um, I'm not throwing the towel in on Corey Davis at this point in time. I think there's a rapport with Marcus Mariota. 65 receptions, close to 900 yards, four touchdowns. I know that they added A.J. Brown. I know that they added Adam Humphreys. I know that Tajay Sharp is still there. Uh, Delaney Walker's healthy. Um, so I suppose the price that I'm getting Corey Davis at, I'll take a shot at him. And I'll also have me some 57-year-old Delaney Walker um, that can help Marcus Mariota uh, bail out when, when he's got happy feet and he's um, looking to get rid of the ball. Yeah, I'm with you on that Corey Davis thing. I, I, I think about the guy, and it's not really sexy pick, but if you're getting a, him at the wide receiver 40, ninth round price i mean this guy had a 25 percent target share last year i mean that might come down a little bit but i mean at, at wide receiver 40 you could do a hell of a lot worse than Corey davis oh yeah he's um he's a mari cooper you know version two he came out of college polished high expectations for Corey davis unfortunately for him he ended up on a team where it just hasn't translated and, and we've seen that uh with with numerous players, I think Davis is one of those guys. So I still think he's going to catch 65 passes, 70 receptions, and have close to 900 yards. And like you said, at his ADP, the price is always baked into it. And I'll have Corey Davis at a discount uh, all day long. Any chance you're interested in A.J. Brown or Adam Humphreys? Going to be monitoring them on the waiver wire. Where do you kind of fall with A.J. Brown and Humphreys? Well, A.J. Brown is talented, no doubt. No doubt, but I mean, you know, you can be as talented as you want. Rookie wide receivers struggle, so so do rookie tight ends. So not not on this team, not not with all these other mouths uh, to feed. Certainly not. Now Adam Humphreys is a guy that thrived in Tampa Bay. He's a seventy reception guy underneath. I think he's another guy to kind of watch out for. Marcus Mariota is not cocking back and throwing the ball ninety yards up the field. So I think Humphreys. Similar to Delaney Walker, in short spaces can can bail him out, and he can be a PPR monster 
for practically free. I mean, people are going to forget what he did in Tampa Bay, and there were miles to feed there as well. That's a fact. Humphreys is the guy that I'm looking at. I don't think I'm drafting him, but I think I'm looking at him to produce, like, how many targets does he get in the first couple weeks? Because he could present some, like, sneaky PPR flex value moving forward. Yep. Let's move to Delaney Walker. You mentioned him. He's coming off a tight end 12. You can get him at the 11th round, so pretty late. Are you? It sounds like you're going to be owning some Delaney Walker. Is that right? I think it would behoove us to. I mean, we're having a conversation about top five, top ten tight ends a couple years ago, and Delaney Walker is, is certainly in that conversation. Bob Harris, my co-host of the Football Diehards uh, podcast, you know, he, he's talked to Delaney Walker numerous times and seen him. He said, Delaney Walker is the most ripped guy you will ever see. Now, I know he's, he's in his late 30s, but some guys just have it. Um, and I think he's one of them. He's 100% healthy, and he's on a team where, uh, again, he, Marcus Mariota is going to need him to bail him out. So I think for the price you get Delaney Walker at, People have short-term memories. I think Walker is a guy that if I'm drafting three tight ends, maybe four tight ends, I can get goofy. I want Delaney Walker to be one of them. And then, you know, we know he was hurt last year, but the three years before that, he finished tight end six, tight end three, and tight end five. So There you go. I mean, what do you, what do you want? I mean, he is – and and on top of that, one thing that sticks out to me is the Jonu Smith. He had his chance last year, and he yep. stepped up. I mean, he, I'm assuming he stepped in and didn't step up. Like, he didn't really produce at all. So, I don't think there's any confusion over who the starter is on the Tennessee Titans at the tight end position. Right. Same, now, Delaney Walker, I think of Delaney Walker. And, I, was, and you have, I think you got to put Greg Olson in that equation. People are forgetting Greg Olson. You talk about nonverbal communication. Cam Newton – and Greg Olson, Greg Olson was a top five guy for several years. So I think on a team where there's some uncertainty as far as pass catchers in Carolina, outside of uh, DJ Moore, I know we like Curtis Samuel. I think Greg Olson can be had on the cheap too. And he's right in that Delaney Walker scope. So I'll have some Greg Olson as well. Yeah, just to kind of build on that, and this is something I want to see if you've noticed the trend as well. I felt like in the past we had those kind of older, more established tight ends always going in the mid-rounds, but there's been this shift in uh, this year so far where we got the younger guys going under that elite tier and those like older established guys who've consistently got it done are now going super late. The Delaney Walkers, the Greg Olsons, the Jordan Reeds, these guys can be had for free right now. So for me, I'm looking at these old guys, like, are they a sexy pick? Mm -hmm. No, but like, you know what? I will own Delaney Walkers, Greg Olsons and Jordan Reeds. Give me two of those three guys after round 12 and I'll be more than happy. That's where I've been at. And Jordan Reed, I have more exposure to than anybody. Yeah. He's had headaches and a litany of injuries. But I'm going to take Jordan Reed and hope for his upside on a bleak Washington Redskins offense. I think it's a long offseason. I think a lot of us go stir crazy. And like you said, you use the word sexy, and I think you're absolutely right. Um, those names that you just mentioned, Jimmy Graham, they're not as sexy as they once was. In fact, they might be ugly opposed to sexy. Kyle Rudolph, you got to put in the same scope. Uh, but, you know, you stick Kyle Rudolph next to a name like Dave Nujuku, um on that new Browns offense, it's 9 out of 10 times people are going to go to that freaking Cleveland uh, where we the jury's still out I know he had 56 receptions last year but you're going to pay a little bit of a premium for him so I would tend to agree with you there we're on the same page my man let's shift over to the the running back side we got you know Derrick Henry coming off the board RB20 end of the third are you owning any Derrick Henry this year I am not but I probably should um <laughs> what he did at the tail end of last year was nothing short of amazing. Is that who Derrick Henry is? I don't, I don't know. 12 touchdowns. He's a beast. And I think this is what people anticipated seeing from him a couple of years ago. I don't think this is who he is and it will be amazing if that's what he is. He, he's a monster, no doubt from a size standpoint, but um, you know, he, he could also be viewed as a plotter. And I don't know that this Tennessee Titans offense is going to have enough balance you know with Marcus Mariota at the helm where he's going to see some loaded boxes and he, let's face it he's not Barry Sanders so he's a big guy six foot four 260 he's a smasher so uh, it was nice to see what he did I think that has people their eyebrows are, are open now but I'm skeptical at his ADP now where you fire 20 50 100 best balls it would behoove you to have a little bit of them but if there was one or two teams I'm not going to have him, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to have him in front of a Marlon Mack or a Carry On Johnson. 
Yeah, you're speaking my language there. Best ball, great pick, but he's just not going to be in my redraft teams. Similar to Marlon Mack, there's just no involvement in the pass game. Those mm-hmm. four games where he went off last year, he didn't catch a single pass. Granted, some of that had to do with the game script and them being up, but he just, I, I have a fear that he might be a little bit game scripted out because Deion Lewis is, in my opinion, the clear pass catching back, and I don't foresee the Titans, you know, repeating that nine and seven. I, I just don't see them being that good of a team this year. So he's he's got a lot of upside, but there's just a lot of risk for for me to invest that third round pick end of the third round pick. Yep. And I would agree with, uh, as far as Deion Lewis, he, what he did in New I broke my heart when he left the Patriots. Uh, I really did. I think he's a special talent injuries, but he's a special talent. I, there were shades of Barry Sanders with a couple of Deion Lewis's runs. I think he is that pass catching back though, that every team wants and, and Lewis will, Lewis can be had for free as well. I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, Deion Lewis, RB 56, 13th round. I found myself owning a lot of Deion Lewis as like my RB like five or maybe even RB four if I hammered a bunch of wide receivers early. Yep. Just because I, I trust the floor. I trust the yep. floor because he's going to get the catches because you know Henry isn't. Yep. 59 receptions last year. He's getting older, but uh, he's a good ball player. I, I Now, as far as negative game scripts, I, I you know, the Titans are going to be down quite a bit. So, you know, his involvement there will – you know, a little dump offs, but uh, his price, everything is baked into the price, right? Absolutely. And then last player, any interest in Mariota? I was, I've been optimistic about Marcus Mariota for a couple of years. I'm going to give him one more year. Uh, if he's free and he's in the last round, um, I will take him and he will probably not play on my team at all. But that said, he'll have a couple of good weeks. Um, but he's not for me and he's probably not my top 20, five quarterbacks tonight he would be in the 25 range sadly i love how you keep saying tonight because it's it's such a fluid game and our ranks are always changing so i think it's always an important distinction to say like how you feel about a player tonight so i like that man good i i value that (laughs) um let's because like when you first said it i was like is there a game tonight but then as i started putting it together i'm like i got what he's saying it's smart i appreciate that stuff man no problem uh last team jacksonville jaguars disappointing five and 11 in 2018. Um, is, is there a must have player on the Jags for you? I think there are two. And the first one is going to be Leonard Fournette. Who I'm getting in the fourth round, another injury guy. It sucks, but I'll take some, I think when he's, when he's in the game, he's effective. He can have upside of round one, you know, top 12 running back uh, upside. So, and TD Westbrook is the other guy. I love D.D. Westbrook. He's looking good at camp. I can get him around 8-9. Somebody has to catch the ball in Jacksonville. I think it is D.D. Westbrook. I've seen quite a bit of Stephon Diggs comps. I like that. He can play inside. He can play on the outside. D.D. Westbrook. And I have quite a bit of D.D. Westbrook, and I'm, I'm really optimistic. So Leonard Fournette, D.D. Westbrook. And the thing about these two players, the national media does not give the Jaguars any attention at all and they're blacked out a lot of games so it's kind of a forgotten team they're not going to be good as far as i can see they'll be better with nick Foles, but there are some pieces sneaky pieces here leonard fournette at the top and dd westbrook that i have some fantasy allure with yeah so i I wanted to start it off here with um fournette because i i'm also finding myself liking a lot of fournette especially in the fourth round he's at the rb17 piece you know, we know he's he's got a yard, bad yards per carry. He's had his injury issues, but he's getting a ton of volume. But one of the pieces I find most interesting about Leonard Fournette is I think he's going to take a little bit of a step up in the pass game. You know, he had 48 targets in 2017, 26 in 2018, but he only played eight games. So he's about on that similar pace. But you look at Raquel Armstead, who's might be the backup. He caught, I think, seven balls his last two years at Temple. And then you look at Alfred Blue. And he caught 27 balls over the last two years. Now, there's 100 with Yeldon leaving amongst a couple others. There's over 100 vacated running back targets. And I kind of have a feeling that Fournette's going to take a step up in the pass game. And it's really going to do a lot for him as far as fantasy goes. Yeah, was not involved in the passing game at LSU. Did not. He didn't need to be. But they're going to ride him like a bull. Is it smart for them to do that, given his injury history going back to high school? Probably not. I, I, I do like the Raquel Armstead uh, call there. I think if you own Leonard Fournette, it would behoove. I know people say handcuffs are overrated, and I'm kind of old school. But with his injury history, I think it makes a lot of sense to grab Armstead. We, we know what Alfred Blue is. Um, 
and uh, he's not that appealing. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I um, I'm in the Philadelphia area. Raquel Armstead with the Temple. I've saw, I've seen Raquel Armstead play multiple times live, and obviously I'm a little biased, but the the guy's got some game. He's a pretty yep. impressive runner, but I think he does kind of mirror Fournette, where he's just more of a between the tackles, doesn't offer a lot. So I, he to me, he's more of the direct handcuff. Even though there's some reports saying it's Alfred Blue, I'd rather be taking Armstead. A couple of glorified Lamar Millers. <laughs> there we go. Uh, let's you talk about Westbrook too. I I like the call. I mean, wide receiver 43 um, coming off in the ninth round. I'm with you on that one too. Little piece that I found really interesting. And I think you're onto this is that in weeks one through eight, he only had a 15% uh, market share. But after that point, after the buy from weeks 10 to 16, he had a 24% uh, of the market share. So like this guy was clearly in the second half of the season, uh, distance himself as the wide receiver, the go-to wide receiver on the Jags. And like you said, somebody's going to be catching the ball. Filippo comes in as offensive coordinator. He's usually in the top 10 in pass rate the last few years. I think he actually got canned um, from the Vikings because he was passing the ball too much. Right. The sign foals, they're going to run the ball. I'm with you on that one, man. I, I'm a big Westbrook fan this year. I'll take him all day in the eighth round. I, oh, think, yeah. he pres- I think he presents some like mid to low-end wide receiver two value. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, you got to come to the realization if you're going to win games, you're going to get to the Patriots level, I mean, and score points, I should say, you're going to have to sling the football. And Nick Foles is, <laughs> he's Nick Foles, but they're going to throw the football a lot more than, uh, you know, just this kind of smash mouth thing. But um, they're not going to be good. Uh, in fact, they'll probably win six or seven games at best, I would imagine. But um, with negative game scripts, I think that helps out D.D. Westbrook a ton. Um, and his value is just he's probably one of the best values that I'm spotting, and I'm going to pounce on him every time. Yeah, he's great, man. I'm with him. Plus, his, his tape's great, too, man. I think he won the, the Blitnikoff Award when he was uh... – at Oklahoma, too. Yeah, so, I mean, it's he's a stud. I love the guy. Um, Foles, we mentioned him. I don't think either one of you are, you or I are, are a big fan of Foles. Uh, any chance you're drafting him? Let's put it this way. If you've if you know, if you got to start a quarterback next year all year long, is it going to be Mariota or is it going to be Foles? Oh, God. Do I, do I have – I'll have a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, in DFS circles, I think it'll be – there'll be weeks where, all right, you know, let's get these guys on the cheap and then spend elsewhere. But uh, I, there's there's no appeal uh, with the, with either of those guys. So I think if I had to flip a coin, I would probably hope that it lands on Marcus Mariota's yeah. side. Uh, but that's not saying much. Yeah, that was an unfair question. I just was curious what you'd say. Yeah, I'll take a coke. Um, you know, they got some other wide receivers there. We talked about Westbrook, you know, all the other wide receivers, Keelan Cole, Marquis Lee, uh, DJ Chark, all three of those guys are going undrafted. There's a chance one of those guys returns value from, I guess, being undrafted, but there's, you know, there's a chance one of those guys shows up in the top, you know, 48 to to 55 ish area. What, if there was going to be a breakout wide receiver too, that might present some sneaky bi-week fill-in value, who would it be for you? Keelan Cole, Marquis Lee, DJ Chark. I think Shark is very sneaky, uh, but I think that the expectation was that Marquise Lee would be that guy. Prior to all this D.D. Westbrook talk, uh, you know, it was Marquise Lee, possession receiver, kind of Robert Woods-esque USC guy. It's going to be Lee for me coming off an injury for certain, but am I? do I have high expectations? Uh, No. That offense as a whole, not at all. Um, The only two pieces I want are the two pieces mentioned in Westbrook and Leonard Fournette. So I'm assuming you're looking at the tight end position. They got the rookie Oliver. They got Swain from the Dallas Cowboys. Those are pretty heavy avoids. Yeah, they fall deep into the uh, sea of mediocrity. Uh, Jeff Swain, man, he was in Dallas. I thought he could be a thing, but no. I think it is his job. Um, Josh Oliver, they did draft round three out of San Jose State, I think. But again, rookie tight ends, even some of the best have, have struggled. Going back to... I read something the other day over the last 20 years, there were only two wide receivers that have had 60 receptions or more 65 receptions or more. Jeremy Shockey was one of them and Evan Ingram a couple of years ago. And the reason why Ingram had that year was because everybody else went down around him. So it's a position that historically struggles at, at tight end. Um, I don't want either of those guys and that. And it's a position where I, re- I wait really late for tight end. So that's just something where I don't want any, any part of those tight ends. Awesome stuff. Um, that, that's going to do it for all four teams in the AFC South. Is there any player that you we haven't touched on you want to go back to talk a little bit here? 
I think we covered uh, mostly everything. Um, to be honest with you, it's a it is a great division. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks. It's going to be the Texans. It's going to or it's going to be the Colts or both those teams going to the playoffs. As far as the Titans and Jaguars, temper your expectations. But as we mentioned, there's some uh, fantasy value on both of those teams with Corey Davis and the D.D. Westbrooks of the world. All right, so that, that'll do it for the AFC South uh, portion of the podcast. We're going to move along to the uh, fantasy hot read 20-question uh, ra- rapid fire. I'm going to bring our lead fantasy analyst, the fantasy hot read, Don Petrillo, on with us. Dominic, you there? I'm here. All right, Justin. He's. Um, I'm actually going to turn it over to Dom here. All right, man? You got it. Hey, Dom, what's up? Hey, what's going on? All right, before we get started, I'd just like for those people out there who don't know, uh, Justin is the one who got me into the industry. I heard him on Matt Harmon's Backyard Banter podcast, and, you know, I got a hold of him on Twitter after I heard him on there, and he actually got me in touch with Adam and Andy at the Hot Read website here and got me into it. So I just want to say thank you again for everything, and, you know, you're pretty much the catalyst of everything that I've been doing for the past three years, and, you know, just want to say that, you know, I've told you before, anytime you need anything from me, I'm, you know, I'm there and I'm going to try and pay it forward just like you did for me. So I just want to say thank you again. And, you know, love you, brother. Yeah. And the, the feelings mutual, you know, you, you are an inspiration and uh, I think you give everybody hope and, and, and that says a lot, and, you know, for somebody that, you know, has had your struggles and, and continue to keep plugging uh, it, it means a lot. And it, and it makes me smile every time I know you're doing things within the fantasy industry, because I know that's, something that you wanted to pursue and um, you sound great by the way bud so it's, it's it's nice hearing you on a podcast this is you've you've come a long way uh young grasshopper but it's uh <laughs> but uh, again i think you give a lot of people hope and i i, I respect that four-letter word hope yeah I, I appreciate it a lot and you know that's what i want to do is give people hope and you know show them that by you know just by showing them that you know if i can do it yeah anybody can do it being blind you know isn't a hindrance and everything like that so when people tell you you can't do something because of whatever reason they have for you know don't believe them just if you think you can do it then just go out there and try and do it yes sir all right so let's start off with some of these questions we'll start with the first uh baker's dozen are going to be about individual players in this division so we'll start off with who do you think is going to be the quarterback one in the division it's going to be Andrew Luck. It's going to be Andrew Luck, or it's going to be Deshaun Watson. Uh, again, a lot of uncertainty with that um, Texans offensive line. It'll be Andrew Luck for me. They got a good offensive line in Indianapolis. All right, so this could be your same answer then, or it could be uh, the other person you mentioned. But who's going to be the quarterback that does not return their draft value? I think it's probably going to be Deshaun Watson. Um, again. Contingent upon that offensive line, being sacked 65 times is 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 not good. So he could be the best quarterback on earth. If the offensive line sucks, uh, those numbers aren't going to translate um, to the premium that you have to pay for him at this point. Yeah, and it's definitely not a good sign when the person who they claim they wanted in the first round, which I don't know why they would want him there, ended up falling to him at left tackle, and they're already playing him at guard because he couldn't make it at left tackle in practice so far. So that's not a good sign for them either. Uh, Shambles. Yep. <laughs> Who's going to be your running back one in the division? Oh, baby. Uh, probably going to be Marlon Mack or Leonard Fournette. I'll take the Leonard Fournette discount. Um, as we talked about earlier, he's going to have involvement in the passing game, probably going to catch 50 balls if he stays healthy. Uh, probably close to 300 touches. And he could certainly pay off that round three, four, which I've been landing in the fourth, uh, that tag there. So it's going to be Leonard Fournette for me but marlon mack a close second yeah i think i have them just slightly reversed but not too much i think they're within a couple spots of each other so whether it be a running back or a quarterback or you know even a wide receiver if you think they're going to get a lot of end arounds who do you think is going to have the most rushing touchdowns in the division Ooh, marlon i think it's going to be marlon mack um for certain uh, again this is going to be a colts offense it's going to go fantastic offensive line they're going to move the ball up the field quite a bit and Marlon Mack's going to get the ball inside the five so I can see 10 touchdowns for Marlon Mack this season I agree I just think that Jacksonville's offense isn't good enough for Leonard Fournette to get up that high uh who is your favorite sleeper widers or excuse me running back in the division it's going to be Naheem Hines uh Naheem Hines we talked about getting we can get a discount 
He's there. James White, I envision 65, 70 receptions. I don't know he minds. I'm going to pounce on him all day long, late in draft. So I like the consistency. I think his role is carved out, and I think he's just going to continue to get better. All right, and who's your most overhyped running back in the division? Ooh, um, probably Derrick Henry. I think it's going to be Derrick Henry at this point in time. We haven't seen Derrick Henry a full 16 games of Derrick Henry. Is he a plotter or is he Eric Dickerson? And there's been nothing, there hasn't been any stability. So round three, a lot of hype there. I need to see more of Derrick Henry to, you know, to pay that price, price tag on a flat Titans offense. So it's, it's probably Derrick Henry. It's not even close. I agree with you. Now this one's going to be a layup. <laughs> Who's going to be your wide receiver one? Oh boy, it's probably going to be Adam Humphreys. No, it, uh, Deion, De, De, DeAndre Hopkins uh, didn't drop a pass last year. I think, like we talked about earlier, if Kiki Kuti is is healthy and Will Fuller's healthy, and uh, the the rookie, uh, well, not the rookie, the tight end Jordan Thomas does his thing uh, at tight ends. Um, there are a lot of miles to feed there as well in the passing game. So will DeAndre Hopkins have 115 receptions? Probably not, but I think he's a shoe in for 90 and 12, 1300 receiving yards, double digit touchdown. So it's not even close. Yeah. And I do like Adam Humphreys myself, but he's not going to be a number one, obviously. Uh, who, who is your favorite sleeper wide receiver? Ooh, um, probably going to be Adam Humphreys. Let's go back to Adam Humphreys. I think, you know, Marcus Mariota's skill set is limited. So we know what Adam Humphreys is. He's a shifty wide receiver. He works well in small spaces. I think underneath, he can be somewhat of a poor man's Julian Edelman for Marcus Mariota had on the cheap, uh, cheap meaning free and, and fantasy land. So give me some Adam Humphreys. Yeah, I love Adam Humphreys this year. And who is your most overhyped wide receiver? Ooh, um, let's see. I, I don't want to say T.Y. Hilton because I love T.Y. Hilton, but in T.Y. Hilton's production is going to be contingent upon Andrew Luck's health because if Andrew Luck isn't healthy, then we've seen it before. T.Y. Hilton will struggle. So I've named a few guys that will take over T.Y. Hilton in that third round range. I think it's got to be T.Y. Hilton as much as I love him um, and we'll have a little of him. I don't need to have him necessarily. All right. Yeah, I agree with you. So, all right. For tight ends, your favorite position, who's going to be your number one tight end in this division? If you can call it a number one. It's probably going to be um, dollar for dollar Delaney Walker. Doesn't sound sexy. There's no appeal there. Um, But maybe Eric Ebron, but I'm not, I don't need to have any of these, any of these tight ends in this division. I think there's a lot of uncertainty, but as far as price being baked into it with a quote-unquote healthy Delaney Walker who keeps himself well in shape, it's going to be Walker for free um, before I jump up and have to pay somewhat of a a price for Eric Ebron at this point in time. Yeah, I do agree with that. I like Delaney Walker. I'll probably have him in a couple of my own leagues. Uh, If there is one, do you think there's a sleeper tight end that you can get in this division? Do you think Josh Oliver has a chance to do anything or maybe Moali Cox? I think it's Thomas in Houston, um, you know, right? I, they haven't landed a tight end in years, it seems. So it's, it's going to happen eventually. Um, I, I want to say it's Thomas in, in Houston. And again, he's another guy that can be had for free. It's going to be, it should be a pretty good offense in, in, in Houston. Like I said, top 10 offense. You don't want to pay a DeAndre Hopkins premium or a Deshaun Watson premium. You know, get a guy that's going to play on that offense um, for free. I think a tight end's a position that we can stream if you will and um thomas is probably going to be a guy i'll have in 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 certain um dfs weeks yeah they need to bring back owen daniels so who is your favorite kicker in the division oh you're gonna go there Uh, (laughs) read read me the list of kickers um oh i don't know (laughs) you're unbelievable i'll tell you what it's probably going to be adam vinatieri uh because of how many points you're going to score you know he is going to be 68 this year um, so God love Adam Vinatieri. I think, you know, he's going to be 46 or something. I do like a, like a Josh Lambeau or something like that. Sometimes you want kickers. I remember Rob Baronis, God rest his soul. A couple of years ago, had like 30 fantasy points for me. It was a Titans team that didn't score a lot of points, but they scored points by kicking field goals. 
Um, and I am not one to play in a league with kickers. Um, the die Hard, one of the diehards magazines, I picked a kicker. Uh, don't ask me who it is. I think they should be banished, <laughs> but I suppose if a gun to my head, it's out of Vinatieri. Yeah. I have a home league that we still do kickers in, but, uh, myself and one other person, the only ones that ever have played fantasy. So everybody else is just an Eagles homer. So they take like Carson Wentz and everybody <laughs> in like the first and second round. So they, <laughs> we just keep it simple with them and keep it with kickers and stuff. You know, my funny thing about Adam Vinatieri, I know this isn't a question, but and I'm sure you've probably heard this. Well, one, he's the oldest player in the NFL right now, but his like great, great, great grandfather or something was supposed to be at uh, Little Bighorn. And when Custer said, all right, we're going to charge his great, great grandfather said, you know, the hell with you. This isn't going to turn out well. So he abandoned the force and never went and that's the only reason that adam venetary was a lot is alive because his great grandfather said screw you i'm not going and he's the only one that stayed alive i think he's a north he's a north dakota guy or south dakota i can remember when the patriots won the super bowl in 01 we shot down a gillette stadium the following day um to get our they beat the rams and of course that was a great game and there was adam venetary and i'll never forget his wife he was blonde, sitting in the SUV, and all my friends were, you know, 19 years old. Wow, beautiful wife. Adam Vinatieri signed the Super Bowl hats for us. So here's my Adam Vinatieri story. You know, great kicker. I was tough to see him leave New England. Yeah, but you got another good one now. So, you know, just like with your quarterbacks, you just keep yep. ramping them up. Sure. Yep. All, right, uh, all right, the last positional question. Who? Uh, obviously, the Colts have a very good defense, and Houston has a – you know, very good defense, but who is your favorite, even Jacksonville. So there's a lot of them here, but who's your favorite like streamer defense. That's not getting drafted super high here. Oh, baby. Um, I gotta say, I do. I do like the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they are, they're going high. I, do we need sleeper defenses in terms of, I mean, it's a position where there's another uh, area where I don't know that we need, to have uh, exposure to uh, team defenses. The first league I played in was IDP, which I used, I loved it because some of the defensive players could compensate for the lack of production from an offensive player. So um, maybe maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, there wasn't really a great defense anymore. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. seems to get pounds. So it's based predicated on matchups. We, we tend to load up on de- any defense that plays a bad quarterback. So it varies, and I could have a different defense every week and, and be okay with it. So I, I suppose, uh, gun to my head, tonight it's probably the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, now we're going to move on to some questions about the entire division as a whole. Uh, so in the division as a whole, who's going to be your top scoring player other than being a like, non-quarterback? It's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. I think we can be in agreement there, right? Is yeah, that a de- yeah. is that a decent answer? Yeah, de- oh. it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. It's a simple, simple answer, but I, I just think he's got the upside, and you're going to, of course, you're going to pay for it. Round, you know, pick five, sometimes pick four, but you get what you pay for. Yeah, I think if there was an elite running back here, like a Zeke or something like that, then they would score more. But there isn't, and obviously he's going to be a top one or top two wide receiver. So I do think he'll score more than any of the other running backs in the division so i do agree with you there uh who is your favorite rookie in the division Ooh, um probably gonna be pick paris campbell uh, i don't know that he's gonna thrive instantly um but again I, I love this colts offense and i think that outside of ty hilton you know that job is up for grabs we talked about Funchess a little bit um a lot of high expectations for Campbell. And I think that a guy like Andrew Luck can help the develop the development there. Um, I do have a, a quite a bit of exposure to Leonard Fournette, as I said, so I've been handcuffing him with Armstead. Um, so there's one for you. Um, just to kind of ensure my, my round four uh, Leonard Fournette investments. Now, if there's one player in the division that you don't want to leave your draft without, who is it going to be? <sighs> Can I say DeAndre Hopkins? I feel like I'm boring, like with that. Um, <laughs> it's kind of tough when you're answering the questions just about the one division, too. So it you know limits your answers. Yeah, it's it's gonna be DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I'm a wide receiver guy. It's probably pretty well noted that I'm. I love my elite wide receivers, and I'm not one to draft a. You know, I don't want to have to 
have a running back in the first round. And I'm, I want me some DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to go with D.D. Westbrook based on price. Give me D.D. Westbrook all day long. I think before week one, his price will probably come up to round six-ish or something like that. But you're getting him now at quite a deal. Yeah, I was going to mention when you guys were talking about D.D. Westbrook earlier that, uh, you know, Nick Foles loves the slot receiver. Right. Even, even with uh, all the targets and stuff that, uh, Zach Ertz got last year. He targeted the slot receiver 40% of his throws, yeah. and D.D. Westbrook uh, was in the slot 90% of his routes last year, so he's going to yep. be the guy that he targets most of the time. Yep. So I really like that answer, too. Keep it simple for Nick Foles. I don't think he's uh, Joe Montana. So, And the, the thing about Westbrook, he's kind of like Stephon Diggs, play outside or inside, so you can move him around. He's a burner. <clears throat> yeah, yep, for sure. So who's your favorite uh, sleeper? of any position in this division that you want to get? Ooh, um, let's see here. Sleeper. I don't know that I would call Lamar Miller a sleeper, um, but he, he certainly provides that stability that I want. Um, let me think about this. You put, you put me on the spot and I, I don't think that I prepped particularly well for, for a question like that. I, give me Naheem Hines. We talked about him again. We're going to talk about Hines. There's going to be a lot of allure with this Colts offense between Luck, Marlon Mack, Hilton, Eric Ebron, I think that Hines slips through the cracks. I think he's in PPR formats, 65, potentially 70 receptions, and you're getting them really late. All right. What is your one word to describe the fantasy value of this division? Juicy. Is all that right. all right? Ju- oh, yeah. <laughs> ju- juice, some juicy goodness in this division outside of the Titans and um, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, but – I think that the Colts and the Texans kind of compensate. All right. So answer this question. If blank puts it all together and stays healthy, he's going to have a monster year. It's going to be Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. I want to see that he's not a glorified Lamar Miller. I want to see him play 16 games and I want to see him get that. He was a round one guy in fantasy land, you know, his rookie year coming out. I mean, this is a guy that was fantastic in college. He's going to stay healthy, play 16 games, we're talking about 300 touches. Not crazy about the Jags' offense. I think that hurts him. But um, right now you're getting them around – I've been getting them around four in best ball, so I'm going to take them all day long. All right, and the last regular question before we go on to one bonus question is what player that we're not talking about, like even right now by the end of the year, is going to be majorly on the radar going into next year? Well, I, th- I think it's going to be Kiki Kuti. Um, soft flashes of him, kind of that underneath guy, works well with Deshaun Watson. We were talking about him earlier. I think he'll get lost between Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. I think Kuti can can perform well. Um, again, a lot of miles to feed in Houston in the air attack, but keep an eye open for him. All right, and the, uh, my one bonus question for you is, I know that, obviously, I told you, you know, I told everybody I – first met you after I hear, heard you on Matthew or the Matt Harmon podcast where you were talking about your battle with alcoholism and everything and you mentioned that getting off of alcohol now your big addiction if you want to call it that is ice cream so if I were actually able to drive up there after stopping in Connecticut to find out what all the rage is about these Ted's burgers being steamed and stuff and I actually made it up there what kind of ice cream is your favorite ice cream that we're going to go get what flavor are you going to get when I take you out for ice cream after you're done taking your go- pants for me driving <laughs> we're gonna go to Dairy Queen and we're gonna get a blizzard, a big one, and then we can I'll bring a couple diapers and we can shoot ourselves together. Um it's gonna be dairy it's gonna be Dairy Queen. Am I allowed to swear? I just swear. Oh, yeah. Sorry. What kind so, of uh what kind of blizzard's your favorite? Oh man, it's you know, it's depends on the mood. You know, there's they have so many. I feel like the cheese strawberry cheesecake one, but I'm probably gonna need some chocolate. Because if I am gonna shit myself, I'm gonna shit myself really good. Yeah, I used to, when growing up, we used to go to one, uh, Dairy Queen every Friday, and I'd either get Nerds or I'd get uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Can't go wrong with Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. You know, it's just like a Snickers bar. I mean, you just, Snickers, Reese's, you know, bury me with those two. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be happy, man. All right, Tyler, you back? Oh, I'm back. All right. I'm back. Thank you very much for that. Um, 
that's going to close us out. I uh, I also wanted to take a quick moment to to thank Justin on the last pod. Um, I met I, I thanked Rob Wilson who writes at Fantasy Footballers because I sent him one of my first articles and he kind of tore it apart for me. But after he tore it apart, I actually sent that article to Justin and Justin got me connected with Dominic. So Justin, man, you're just you're sending these ripple effects all over the place. So I just wanted to thank you as well, sir. That's why we're here. You know what I'm saying? Like that's. A lot of bullshit in the media and news and stuff like that. Like, you know, as I've come to, like, I'm sober and I got a lot of growing up to do still. Like, why else are we here? You know, you, you, you're, we're here to help each other. And if I can, people have helped me and, and the fantasy sports world, we jump off with you guys and talk to Bob Harris for an hour. Like, we're here to help each other. And that's just the bottom line. So anytime, guys, you know that. And then, uh, Justin, where can they find your work and where can they find you on Twitter? At Justin Lanero on Twitter. Um, I'm pretty engaging on there. Try to keep it real, yo. And football diehards. Where I am, I just started a site with a buddy of mine, or he started it, um, the Fantasy Bros, which is a DFS site. Um, really, uh, Robbie Gomes is a former DraftKings millionaire maker winner. And um, it's, uh, you know, check us out over there. We're on Instagram, um, the Fantasy Bros. On Twitter, DM me. My DMs are always open at Justin Lanero. And Dom, where can they find you on Twitter and where can they find your work? Yeah, you can find all my work at fantasyhowry.com as well as Roto Baller and Razball this year. And who knows what else is going to be coming up. I'm trying to write as much as I can. And you can find me on Twitter at EnvisionFF. And you can find me, Tyler Ojinski, at FFTylerO on Twitter. That's all we got today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. Like the pine trees lining the winding road I've got a name I've got a name Like the singing bird and the croaking toad I've got a name I've got a name And I carry it with me like my daddy did But I'm living the dream